Welcome to Go Church Beirut. Your place to love, grow, and go. Get ready to hear an inspiring message recorded during a Go Church Beirut gathering. Go Church, it's so good to be with you. Can you turn to somebody today and just welcome them to Go Church? Let them know how good it is to see them here today. Give them a high five or a handshake, something along that line. So thankful to be with you all. Have you here with us? Um, I love Lebanon. This is my third time being in this amazing country, uh, and I love it. I can't wait to come back till next time, uh, and honored to be with you here today. My wife sends her love. My children send her love. Uh, my wife has been here before, loved it. My oldest son has been here. His name is Boston. He loved it. In fact, when he left, he said, I want to move there, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but we're honored to be with you here today. Uh, my name is Joel. I pastor a church in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, and I've been pastoring there now for 20 years. Uh, I have a heart for missions. Typically, I go to a different nation about uh, two or three times every year. I believe that as Christians, we have a chief call to go into the world, and it's impossible to get a heart for the world unless you go into the world to see it, and I've had the privilege of going all over the world and just so honored to be there, uh, but I have found no place better than Lebanon and Beirut. Uh, I love this nation. I love the people. I love the food. And I love Go Church. Uh, can we give it up for your pastors and the team here? Uh, I tell you, uh, I am blown away every time I come by the leadership that God has placed here, the sense of excellence that is in this place, uh, the sense of excellence that is in the small group leaders who lead all across the city. I believe we're going to see a doubling of that soon. Um, just, I, I really do sense that like in my heart. Like there's a rapid expansion that's about to take place even among leaders. And so many of you get ready to lead a group. Uh, you're not just attending a group. You're going to lead a group. Uh, and uh, you're not just going to attend this church. be an integral part of this church. And we're so glad to have you here. And God's got a plan for you, a plan of ministry. Uh, and I'm super excited to see where this church is going to go. And not just where this church is going to go, but where you are going to go in the name of Jesus. And that's actually what I feel impressed to talk about. You know, as a pastor, I teach on, on any given week about six to eight times. And so that means writing a lot of different messages and studying a lot of different material. And, you know, it's tempting when you go to a place to a first time, to just pull out like your best message uh, that, you know, went really well uh, at the existing place. And, and, you know, just preach that one. Um, and I came to the, the country and yesterday in our session, the spirit gave a word. And I felt impressed to just preach a message on that. And so I've never preached this message before. I've never studied along these lines before. But the whole time I've been in Lebanon, these things keep coming up to my heart. So this is the first time anybody has heard this message. And I'm excited uh, to give it. Uh, but uh, last year I was praying. How many of you think that's a good idea that we should pray? We should be a people of prayer. Amen. And God's house should be a house of prayer. And I I've been trying trying to spend more time in prayer in this season of my life than in any other season. And I was in uh, like my back porch area, kind of behind the house, just praying and, and worshiping the Lord. And oftentimes, when you sow the seed of talking to God, you reap the harvest of God talking to you. And that's the, the beauty of even what we just did. It's not just worship unto the Lord. 
uh, but it's sowing a seed of affection and communication to the Lord. And when you sow that seed of affection and communication to the Lord, you often reap the harvest of affection and communication given to you. Um, And so out of that, I was just worshiping the Lord, and it came into my heart uh, to have, in this year, a prayer conference. And we've never done anything like that. And honestly, like I I thought, um, you know, okay, in doing that, I'll wait time uh, because I didn't have the exact time to do it. But I I, I sensed an urgency um, to maybe do it at the start of the year. But the end of every year for our church is super busy. We have Christmas and we have giveaways and we come and give gifts to families and like have big, big things in the community, Christmas productions, you know, all those kinds of things. I'm like, I can't put anything else on my staff and anybody who's ever like led an organization and has a team it's like you know how much your team can handle and it's like I don't know if I want to throw like hey in January we're going to do a three-day prayer conference uh you know and that kind of thing and so like I was hesitant to do it and I just thought well I'll wait a year give them a time to prep and our worship pastor uh, Tabitha Thompson uh who is is actually going to be here in Lebanon in August yes I know Raffi uh, knows her uh so we've got a team that'll be coming here in August as well from Word of Life. Life and, and man, I tell you, they're just anointed. Um, but anyway, Tabitha, she texts me and she said, hey, I, I feel like next year, in like in January, we should be having like an extended set of meetings. And I'm like, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And I'm like, done, yes, January prayer conference. And it came into my heart again. And when I say it came into my heart, this is oftentimes how God leads us. It's just something kind of comes into your heart. Uh, that there's a desire there. And if you're born again and walking with the Lord, oftentimes desire is one of the chief ways God will guide you. He will give you the desires of your heart. Um, And so the desire came into my heart to have a particular minister in. And so I I brought them in, and when they got up, they said a couple of weeks before that, they were in a service during the offering time uh, and announcement time. And how many of you know God can even talk to you during the announcement time? Uh, And out of that, she said uh, that it came into her heart, the word emerge for this year, emerge. And she said that, and it bore witness on the inside of my heart. Uh, But when I got here to to Lebanon, honestly, it had not been on the forefront of my spiritual thinking uh, for months. And I, I got here yesterday, and that word came up so big in my heart, emerge, that it is time to emerge Uh, There were moments in people's lives in scripture where they were living at one level and it was very natural. And there came a time for them to emerge. Moses on the backside of a desert, just, uh, you know, a shepherd. And he's living a good life. Like it's nothing wrong with the life. He's enjoying it. He's married. He's got some kids. Uh, Got a father-in-law. Seems like a good guy. Uh, You know, leading sheep. But a bush was lit up, and God told him it was time for him to emerge. And every vestige of the old dripped off of Moses. And he stepped up into something brand new, uh, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Uh, Emerging out of it with something new on him, he emerged 
uh, Joseph. Uh, God gives him a dream, and he's, he's just a kid. He's got a coat of many colors, like feels good to be loved, and he's out there dreaming. And he goes through a series of events where it seems like his life is, is, is going through something very private. And he's not seen, and he's not heard of. But there came a time for him to emerge. And when he emerged, every vestige of the old, it was like a complete different life. A, a, a fresh anointing came on. So much so that when his brothers saw him, the Bible says he recognized them, but they did not recognize him. He had become something entirely different, entirely different from who they knew him to be. Did you know God has the power to do that? to make you something entirely different than what you are, like, like literally a transformation in you. Uh, we see David. Um, God comes and tells uh, his father that there is a king in your household. And Jesse lines up all of his other boys and believes that there is a king in them, but leaves David on the sidelines uh, out with the sheep. And he's living this life. It's a wonderful life of worship and this great life of just being before God. He's enjoying it, finding no fault with it. And he, he enjoys, like we, we get the idea that David is like not overly hurt that he's not invited to the king ceremony and all those types of things. He's just left out there until the time for him to emerge came. And Samuel said, we will not sit down until he is brought in. And when he stepped on the scene, he emerged and the anointing of God came on him and he was transformed into another man. Uh, and this young shepherd boy became something entirely different. He, he, he transformed from a shepherd into a king. He emerged. Uh, Jesus, for 30 years of his earthly ministry on the earth, it just seemed like he was a carpenter. Um, and it just seemed like he was a good guy, but no miracles that we know of came out during that season uh, until John the Baptist saw him and said, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes upon himself the sin of the world. And in that moment, he emerged and he came out into something brand new and the voice of God spoke over him and said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he went into his own hometown and we'll talk about this later. He went into his own hometown and he stepped up into that place and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel and everyone around him was like, man, this is not the same guy. He had emerged into something different. And I just sense so big in my heart um, that Go Church universally is emerging. That there is something coming out of it where every vestige of the old is passing away. And there is something new that is coming forth. When you look at the word emerge, I looked it up this weekend. When you look at the word emerge, it means to become visible. That before it was hidden, but it was time for it to come out. Time for it to be seen, to become visible. Um, the second definition is, is to become prominent. 
that when something emerges from the field, when something steps up from the field, it becomes a thing of prominence. It, it steps up from where it is, steps up from the pack, steps up from the place, and is seen to become prominent. And the second, the third definition is um, to recover from a difficult situation, to come out of it. And I sense like this church, especially, is about to become seen, it's about to become prominent, and it's about to help this nation recover from a difficult situation. Come on, church! Like, I, I really believe it is time for Go Church to emerge. Um, universally, but especially this one. It is time for it to come forth. It is time for it to come out. It is time for it to become prominent. But I sense like this is a season, not just for Go Church, because how many of you know church is not like a physical place? Church is a, a people. It's the called out ones. Um, that there are people here that it is time for you to emerge. There are ministry giftings here. It's time for you to emerge where you walk in something new, that you're not who you were before. And, and I sense that even for, for ministers here, it is time for you to emerge into something new, uh, that there is more in you than you have been giving us. It is time for it to come out. It is, it's, it's time for it to step forth in the earth. There is more. Um, years ago, uh, I was um, uh, a younger man. I'm still young. I'm 39. Uh, but, but anyway, I was a younger man, and I just started uh, pastoring. And in this, this process of, of pastoring, I um, got married uh, to my wonderful wife. She is my better half. I love her with all my heart. She makes my liver quiver. Uh, she is perfection in every way. Um, and um, anyway, we got married and we moved. And it was a real God story. God um, gave us this home that was to be a hospital and a refuge for families. And so we lived in it for 14 years and multiple families came and lived with us and emerged something new. That the old passed away from them in that house and they came out of it something different. It's a good thing. Um, but anyway, um, I went to bed one night, and sometimes God will speak to you in a dream. Now, this has only happened to me on four different occasions. And not, how many of you know, not every time you dream is it from the Lord. Uh, if it is, the Holy Spirit will let you know, and you'll, you'll know a meaning to it. And I had a spiritual dream. It was like one of the more vivid things I've ever had in a spiritual experience. And I saw me. But it wasn't me. It was a whole nother man. It's about 15 years ago. It was a whole nother man. It was me, but it wasn't me. It was a better version of me. And I was on an airplane, and I, I saw myself the way I looked. The, the way I was dressed, but I saw the anointing on me, which is the power of God, the office. There's varying degrees of offices. You see a lot of pastors, there's different degrees of pastors. There's a lot of teachers, there's different degrees of teaching. There's apostles, but there's different levels. There's higher ranks in God. 
Um, and same with every ministry gift. And I was in a higher office, a, a different place. There was a, an authority and an anointing on me that, I, that there was no, no, no similarity to what I was currently operating in. So different. And I got up from this seat and I start walking down this aisle of the plane. And there's a, a guy who now is on my staff. His name is Robert Berry. But at this time, he was not on my staff. Uh, he was actually living away from the Lord in a whole nother state. And I came and I saw him. And he's sitting there and he was different. And I placed my hand on his shoulder and I began to speak, and I didn't hear what I said, but the anointing of God was just flowing out of me onto him. And the anointing is always weighty. When something is anointed, it's weighty. It, it's stickable. It has a stickability to it. it just, it's a residue. It just gets on you, and it feels good. It just, it, 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 it goes in you and stays with you. Even after the service, there's just something resonating from the anointing. And it was greater than anything I had ever seen. I could just see it like flowing on to him and sticking to him. And then the, the dream was over and I woke up and I was bawling. Like even in my sleep, I was bawling. And I knew what it was, that I was so far from that man. That the man that I was was not the man that I could be. And it was one of the greatest gifts, but also a burden that God ever gave me. Because I saw who I could be if I, if I was all that I could be. There's a you in you that's better than the you you've been giving us. There's a you in you that is greater than the person you are. And it is time for that man and that woman to emerge, to come out of. Paul wrote this, if you brought your Bibles, let's go and look at them, to Philippians chapter 3. Uh, and we'll just ex explore this out scripturally. I want you to notice what Paul said. These are some of my favorite verses. Philippians 3 and verse, oh, let's start here. And 12, Philippians 3, 12. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I also was lay hold of by Christ Jesus. Uh, now let, let me teach from this just for a moment. Notice, not that I have already become perfect. What's he saying there? Uh, he's not talking about being perfect in the fact of no sin. Um, if anyone had no sin, it would mean they didn't need a savior. This word perfect means fully mature. And Paul said, not that I have become fully mature yet. Like when we see children, uh, you see that they have muscles or they have a frame, but they're not fully mature yet. They haven't fully grown into who they could be. And over the process of time, just with the natural order of things, who they are is transforming. And people will see my children now and they're like, you've gotten so big. And they're still trying to pinch their face like they're three, you know, all those kinds of things. Because they're looking at them and they're like, you have emerged. 
You have transformed. You have become something more than you were. And, and Paul is saying, spiritually speaking, I haven't become all that I could be. There is more of Paul than what you see. And what I've given the world is good, but there's still more I could grow into. There's still more I could emerge into. There's still more I could offer. And then he backs that up and saying, not that I have become fully mature yet, but he said, I am pressing on to obtain what I have been obtained for. And he's saying, Christ Jesus obtained me. And you know Paul's story, if you've gone to church or kind of read scripture, Paul was living outside of the will of God. And one day the Holy Spirit through Jesus like knocks Paul off of his high horse and shows him, I am the one you've been persecuting and begins to call forth his high calling. And, and the place that he is to emerge to shows him that. And so out of this, he, he disrupts Paul's life and he, he shows him this moment of who he could be. He obtained Paul. Um, and for some of you, it was easier for Jesus to obtain than others. Uh, my father was a drug addict. Uh, he later started the church. Um, but his mom would chase him down and like wherever party he was at and whatever club he was at, she would just go and place a Bible on the hood of his car. And let him know, I'm, I'm contending for you. I'm praying for you. And, you know, those kinds of things. And finally, one day he ran out of money and he came home and she said, if you're, if you're going to be here at this house, you're going to church with me. And so she drug him to a meeting of a, a pastor by the name of James Robinson. And she, she drug him to that meeting. And in that service, the Holy Spirit arrested his heart and he ran down to the altar. And he gave his life to Jesus. Jesus obtained him. And how many of you know Jesus, and if you haven't had that experience today, you'll have that opportunity. You can be obtained by Jesus. But here what Paul is saying is fascinating. He's saying that Jesus did not just obtain you because he loves you. He says that Jesus obtained me so that I might obtain some things for him. That I may obtain that which I have been obtained for. And he says, I know that there's some things I need to get for his kingdom, do for his kingdom, provide for his kingdom, but I cannot obtain those things that I have been obtained for until I am fully mature, until I have been made perfect, until I've come to a place where spiritually speaking, I've grown into the man that I could be. That the boy has died and I put away childish things and I have emerged in the fullness of my calling, in the fullness of who God made me be. And out of this, he keeps talking and it's powerful. Like these scriptures, we got to come back to and may the Holy Spirit just make this your anthem this year. He said, brethren, in verse 13, I, I do not uh, regard myself as having lay hold of those things yet. I'm not the man I could be yet, and I have not brought into the kingdom all that I need to bring into the kingdom yet. He's saying there is more. There is more in me than I've given you. I could be an even greater version of me than the me you have right now. And what a difference it would be for this nation if all of us, and not the nations of the world, if all of us were fully mature. 
if all of us had emerged into who God had called us to be. But he says, not that I have obtained it yet or have already become perfect, but I press on, verse 12, that I press on so that I may lay hold on that for which I have also been laid hold of of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the high calling, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, there is a high calling on my life, and I know I have not walked in it yet. I know that I have not seen it yet. I have not grasped it yet. And God laid hold of me. He, he knocked me off my high horse, not just because he loved me and wanted me to worship him. He did this because there are things that I am designed by him to bring into his kingdom to do in the earth. And he said, I am working on becoming that man. And the thing that I am doing is I am letting go what is behind me and I'm reaching towards what is out in front of me so that I might become that perfect man, that mature man, that fully developed man. Because there is a high calling for me yet. There is still something more that I could be. And I just sense for so many of you, there is still something more that you could be, that you could be for this family, that you could be for this church, that you could be for your nation, that you could be for your ministry. There is still something more that you could bring to each other and bring to this place. There's a greater you in you than the you we've seen up to this point. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, there are some things that you were born with, but there were some other things that were put into you through hands that were laid on you. And he said, you have not given yourself to those things. You have let those things lie dormant. And he said, I want you to give yourself to those things. Why? He says, so that your profiting may appear unto all. What's he telling Timothy? Timothy, there's a you in you that's greater than the you you've been bringing to this church. There's a you in you, Timothy, that if you fully gave yourself over to what God has placed in you and the you that is in you emerged for the world and you stepped up into that high calling and you stepped up into that place, you could give something entirely different to your nation and something entirely different to the world. You could obtain that which you were designed to obtain. And I think in all of us, there's something in that, even if you've never had a dream and seen it, there's something all of us that knows that. There's something all of us that knows there's a greater version of me. And we often wonder, like, how do I bring that out? Like, how do I give that to the world? That, that some of our, our greatest regrets in life know that when we left a service, there was more. That when we left a place, there was more. That when we even we left a conversation with our wife or we interacted with our kids, like I could have been more there. How do we bring forth that out? Everything that God made in the earth was designed by him to become more than it is. Everything. God made a tree. In the tree, a man can get its hands on it and make a chair. 
God made gold out of gold. A man or a woman could get their hand on it and make it a ring. God made a rose. Out of the rose could come a perfume or a fragrance. Everything that God put on the earth was designed to become more than it is. The stone was designed to build roads and could make concrete that could make a building. That in the building, people could have things in the building that were made out of more stone, could have tile in their showers or whatever it may be. Because everything that God made within it has a hidden potential that is only released when it's in the hand of a designer, a hand in the creator. But the only thing that, that we cannot develop the way it needs to be developed is ourselves. Everything else that God made, he, he gave us dominion over the works of his hands, which means our hands can take it and make it into something it was called to be. But the only thing your hand cannot change is you. It is not by works or any of the works of ourselves that we could ever be fully mature or step in our high callings. There's only one hand that can release you and me into the people God has called us to be. And you know whose hand it is? It's the Lord's. And this is why God doesn't need your perfection. And thank God for it. He doesn't need your perfection. He needs your surrender where you allow his hand to come into your life and begin to make you who you were called to be. And it will not be found in times of, of just goofing off and giving it entertainment. It will not be found in times of just coasting through life and, and not being with the Lord. It'll be found in those times of surrender. For, for, for Joseph, you know where it was found? In a pit. It was found in a prison. God found Joseph there and made him fully mature. And when he was ready, he emerged for Jesus, it was in the wilderness. In the wilderness, he spent time with God, resisting the enemy, giving himself over to the Lord's hand, and it was time he emerged. For Moses, it was a burning bush where he took off the shoes of his feet because he made a decision. I am standing on holy ground. I'm not bringing the world into God's presence. And when he took off the world, took off the sandals on his feet, he emerged something different from time with God. For David, he emerged from the wilderness, a repentant man, emerged from the wilderness with a forgiving heart of Saul. And all that Saul did to him and the work of the Lord was fully accomplished. He emerged as king. The emerging does not happen without time in God's hand. And for many of you, that's exactly what's been going on in this season. You have faced a season of uncertainty. You have faced a season of just things changing in the earth. The whole world has with COVID. All over the world, it's been a season of seed time. A season where God is trying to get something out of you. To let it get a root established in the earth where something is changing in you. In seed time, something is changing in you. In harvest time, something is changing for you. And, and you've been going through a time of seed time where you feel a rumbling in you and a stirring in you that there is more. And it's been brought about to bring a time of, of surrender, a time of dedication, a time where you give yourself over to the Lord. And out of that, you can sense that work of the Spirit, even in your own heart, just a time of transition, a time of change, a time where old things, this one thing Paul said, I let go of what is behind me. It's been a season of letting go. 
a, a season of like having something in the past that you know is to remain in the past and not in the present, and you let it go, and you sense a stirring to reach forward. What is that? It's the work of the Spirit in your own heart. Why? Because there's design by God for an emergence, and that's what this season is. It's a season of emerging different, where every vestige of the old has passed away. I was in a meeting in Louisiana, um, and some of you were actually in that meeting, and someone got up and gave this statement. It's been something that's just been, oh, it's just stirring in me, and I sense it even for now. And it was talking about Jacob, and it said that Jacob could not be Jacob any longer. There came a time in Jacob's life where Jacob could not be Jacob any longer, and he knew it. I am not the man I could be. Jacob, his name meant deceiver, swindler, and he knew to continue in his journey. He couldn't be the man he needed to be. And so what did he do? He set up a moment at Bethel, a meeting place with God. He got out of his hands and got in God's. And he set up a meeting at Bethel, and he, God came down and wrestled with him. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. And you know how God blessed him? Didn't give him a new house or a new car. You know how God blessed him? He changed him. He changed him. Jacob could not be Jacob any longer. And there are things in you that cannot be any longer. There's identities you've held about yourself that cannot be on you any longer. There are labels that your parents put on you that were not correct labels, and God has been trying to strip those labels off of you. There are limitations that the world and maybe even family members put on you, but those limitations cannot be there any longer. The disciples could not see five loaves and two fish, anything out of it coming more. So they're looking at it and it's like, what is this among so many? And that's what so many of you have had done to you. They're looking at you and you're looking at yourself and it's like, but what is this compared to the destiny I have? Compared to the need that is there and you're, you're lightly esteeming who you are and God says, stop. You've been five loaves and two fish long enough. Get in my hand, let me break you. Get in my hand, let me change you. Get in my hand, and after I break you, let me bless you. And you will be multiplied, and you will feed many in Jesus' name. You cannot be who you are any longer. There is a breaking, and there is a blessing, and there is you becoming more. And that's what God has been doing in this season. So think it not strange that which has, has concerned you. Think it not strange what you've walked through as an individual and what you've walked through as a family. It is a, a breaking down to the core where you are fully surrendered before God, fully placed in his hand. There's been the breaking and now there's coming the blessing. When that five loaves and two fish emerges into something that is literally feeding the whole group. Jacob cannot be Jacob any longer. He must emerge into something different. And for so many of you, that's what you've done. And maybe, maybe there's others that you still feel, no, there's still a breaking, Pastor Joel. Good. Let the Father finish the work. 
Let the Father finish the work. Stay in his hand until you sense a breaking. In my own life, I still sense that, that there are things that are breaking. I was preaching at a place, not in my church, but I was preaching at a different place. And I felt different. You can feel the anointing on you when it's there and when it's not. And you can feel it in different dimensions. It's, it's fascinating how it works sometimes. Uh, but, but out of that, I could feel something different. And a guy came down to me after service. He said, while you were preaching, I had a vision. And he said, when you went and stood over here, it was like you changed into a whole nother man. And then you came back to the center and you changed back to who you were. And then you went and walked over here and you changed into a whole nother man. And then you walked back there and you changed into who you were. He's like, who you were over there was a better version of who you were over here. And God says, you're in the middle of change. And you know what? He's right. I'm in the middle still of that season where something is emerging in me. And I know what it is. And it's just time spent with him where he breaks certain things in you and washes certain things off of you. There are things by his grace you are letting go of. And some of these things, they're not sins, they're weights. Because there's a difference between weights and sins. In Hebrews 12, uh, Paul said that I, I have to let go of certain things to run my race and finish my course. And the Spirit of God will help you let go of sins, but the Holy Spirit will also help you let go of weights. And weights sometimes are limitations that the world has put on you. Weights are sometimes the labels that a mom put on you at six, seven, eight years old that you didn't even know was there. The Holy Spirit shows you like you're thinking so little of yourself because of this weight that is holding you down. And the Spirit of God begins to rename you and begin to give you confidence in that area and you begin dropping those weights and you drop those limitations. Uh, because these things, they trip us up. You remember in Matthew 25, he gives parables. To, uh, he gave a parable where he gave uh, one five talents, another one two, and another one one. And the guy who had the one talent, he didn't do anything with what God gave him. He didn't mature it. He didn't grow it. Nothing emerged out of his one talent. And when the Lord came to him and said, why did nothing emerge or come out of this? You know what he said? I was afraid. You know what ultimately he was afraid of? That he wouldn't be enough. The guy who had two talents, such a boldness to step up. This will grow. This will be good. This will win. Such a courage to step up into that. Guy with five talents stepped up, arose to that place. Stepped into that place. Such confidence to take what God had given him that it could turn into something more. But the guy with one said, I was afraid. And he said, I looked at other people and it just looks like it happened so easy for them that they reap where they have not sown and they, they plant and they get a harvest and, and all of these things. It just comes so easy. And some of you, you've done that. You've looked at other people. And it's like, it's so easy for them. It's just so easy for them to walk in that. It's just so easy for them to have provision. It's just so easy for them to sing. It's just so easy for them to be anointed. And God is like, you are neglecting to see what is actually in you. 
And you're not taking that step up because you feel the fear of not being enough. And in every one of these instances with men and women that God did the work in, you know what? They had that same fear. When God called Moses, it's like, I can't do this. I can't step up into that. And so even after God had finished the perfect, and he was mature, ready for the race, he still had to step up into that emergence, step up into that call. That's what Paul was saying to Timothy. It's like, Timothy, the prophecies are already in you, man. Hands have already been laid on you. You are more than what you've given us. Step up into that place. Jesus had that moment in Luke 4. We were talking about it the other day. I'd never seen it in this light, but when he comes in Luke 4 and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the world. And he starts listing all these things. You know what he's doing? He's stepping up into that place. And he's saying, let me tell you who I am. And somebody says, well, Pastor Joe, I don't want to get into pride. Stop calling it pride. Paul said in Romans 13, I magnify my office. God has made me the apostle to the Gentiles. What's he saying? I know who I am. They came to John and they said, are you this? Are you this? He's like, no, I am the one who goes before the Lord. I am the voice who prepares the way. He was confident in who he was. He emerged into his calling. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He stepped up into that place. Without that fear and without that shame, he knew who he was. And sometimes to step up into the place where you are, you got to let go of the place that you were. That can't be your identity anymore. And sometimes that's very dangerous to lose that identity because you feel like you're losing a part of yourself. But until you let go of what you were, you can't step up into who you are and to step up into your high calling. And for so many of you, it is time for that emergence and you've got to have that boldness to take that step. You've got to have that courage to step up into that office. You've got to have the courage that when you are fully mature and you're ready to step up into that place. And for so many of you, by the end of this year, you've got to step up. Somebody says, what does that look like? Let God finish the breaking, but then let him bless you. For some of you, you think, well, I just want to stay on the sidelines and just be humble. And God's like, you're not being humble. You're being irresponsible. What did you do with what I gave you? Well, I didn't want to fail and I let them do it. And I just went and kind of buried it. God's like, no, I gave it to you to use it. I gave it to you because they need it. You're not being humble. You're being fearful. You're being irresponsible. Step up, emerge. And so I just pray by the spirit of God that God just arrests who you are on the inside of you. And you just make a decision that the old you, it is dead, it is over. I let go of those things that are behind me and I'm pressing forward to what is out in front of me. I'm not gonna be limited by my past anymore. The only thing that limits me is the promise of God that he has made me and I'm gonna walk in each and every one of those promises, be all that I can be and walk in the fullness of who God has made me to be. In Jesus' name. Amen.
It's time for you to emerge, church. Amen. Hey, church. <laughs> Thank you so much for your, your patience and just for your time of letting the, the Lord work in the lives of people. And let's just have a moment, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you just feel like there's something in me that needs to emerge, there's something in me that needs to change, there's something in me that's ready to come out, a past that needs to be let go of, a newness that needs to start. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. But if that's you, just lift up your hands. No one's looking, this is just something new. Amen, so many. Father, in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus wash you. Every bit of the past off you. Emerge into who you've been designed to be. Emerge into who you've been called to be. In the name of Jesus, step up into your true identity. Step up into who God has called you to be. Walk in that maturity. Walk in that perfection. Be carried by his grace. Be transformed by his hand. And from this point forward, you be never the same. Never the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I just, I was praying for you this morning and I just saw you and like we, we were talking about last night of like how the light caught fire and like look like fake glory, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. But I saw like a glory coming out of you that was like the real thing. And people just under it. And I just sense like you are worthy of that. You are worthy for that to come out of you. And operating in that sense of worthiness is like a valve that's when it's when it's open and operating in that sense of worthiness releases it. And that it's it's not something out here that brings it something in there that like when that valve just shifts into worthiness that Jesus has made you worthy to release that in the earth that you've seen measures and dimensions of it but there is so much more and it's that one little shift of like I am worthy of it because Jesus has made me worthy and Jesus has put it in me and that's enough but I thank God for what he has put in you and it will be released in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Love you, brother. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I just see for you, like you've been tried in fire, and I don't know your full story, but I just see like this tried of fire, but it has outcome like this pure vessel that is strong, that the impurity has been burned out of it by a fire. And, and out of that, it has produced a spiritual strength. 
and it's operated in prayer and operated in prophecy, but those things are getting bigger and taking that authority in that place and prayer and ruling with that strength and tearing down principalities and changing things, but also teaching prophetically, teaching under the inspiration of the Spirit and teaching and leading with that and operating in the prophetic. Let that come out of you for that strength has been refined and what man meant for evil, God worked for good and put a strength in you that will not bow, it will not bend, but it is a weapon in the hand of the Lord. Amen. And he is using you. And the fullness of how he's using you is just beginning in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I know I said a little bit of this yesterday. I just see new people all around you. Just new people. And like what you were just operating in. Yes. Yes. Yes, walk in that. Be bold in that. And you have been, but that's yeah, that's good. That's good. That's the Lord. Walk in that, but it'll bring. I just see new people, new people, new faces, just new things all around you and leaders all around you, a multiplication of them. And they are your people. They are your people uh, all around you. Uh, and it's, it's healthy and strong and just a multiplication of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. You, <laughs> come here. <laughs> you remind me so much of Peter, like quick to step out and just quick to, to open your mouth. Oh, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, but like Peter, there's a Simon and a Peter in you. And, and out of that, you've sent some of those things that sometimes Simon manifests and sometimes Peter manifests. And it's like, which one will you be today? But the Lord says, you are Peter. That is who you are. And you are a rock who is strong in Jesus and strong in God. So let the Lord build on you. Let the Father claim you, name you. And all those other labels of man, let it just fall off of you. You are Peter. And upon this, the Lord will build something in his kingdom. And out of this, the Lord will bring forth something mighty. Father, we thank you. For your strength. For your anointing. We bless you. You're so wonderful. You're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us at Go Church Beirut. 
Go Church Beirut exists so that everyone can experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and go with His love to their world. To stay connected with all that is happening at Go Church, follow us on social media at Go Church Beirut. And, if no one told you yet today, we love you and expect God's best for you.